0: Well welcome and a happy Thursday to you, gentlemen. Happy Thursday.
1: Happy Thursday.
0: Happy Thursday. It's episode twenty-nine of You Should Check It Out and uh, my name's Jay and I have I have my sad hat on today.
2: I'm Buddy. I'm I'm Nick. Why's that? Why do you have your sad hat on? Um, wait, who are you? Who's this other guy? And I'm
1: Greg, but seriously though, back to the hat. What's going on with the hat? Let's put the hat. Uh, well, well, Buddy. It's,
0: it's uh it's been a rough day in, in, in life, so I've got my sad hat on to protect me from negative emotions i got my head bones on and uh hopefully you guys are going to be filling my ear canals with uh with positivity and light right
1: positivity nothing but unicorns and rainbows and that's what i want to hear baby i don't know just croissants and just hey, all the good stuff
0: we got
2: croissants <laughs> in the mix i
0: that's love right. it yeah, well you know you know what well, i greg like. do come on. greg does not come without <laughs> croissants that's right yeah, and, a, and a hell of a baguette Right. Oh, You should see his baguette, baby <laughs> <All right. laughs> Wow, holy Well, We smokes. got a bunch of stuff to go through I today know. We got some interesting stories But first of all, I wanted to Since it's my, my pick first I wanted to play a little bit of music To get us in the mood okay. And uh, mm-hmm. one of my boys, Richard Thompson Just came out with a Released a new live album It's right. uh, an album from 1986 It was recorded in Nottingham, England a pretty fantastic band at the time. This was uh, right at the start of his ascendance of his solo career. But this song's called oh. "Fire in the Engine Room," and it, you know it's just another step on my quest to get you guys into Richard Thompson. There's got some prog elements in it. It's got some uh, pretty oh, yeah? flashy stuff. Pretty good chord progression. Oh, so excellent. let's give it a roll. Uh, "Fire in let's the Engine Room" from 1986, Richard Thompson.
3: in the room. I don't know how you got the reason. That's all
1: Rocking and rollin'. bad huh? That is nice. Not too, bad. not too bad at all. Not too, not too shabby. I like Richard Thompson, man. You don't have to sell me on him. Who's this guy? Uh, I, feel,
0: I feel like yeah. there's a little bit of selling that needs to get done. You guys, eventually, I think you guys are gonna wake up one day and just. Uh,
3: I'll oh, tell yeah, you I what, love I love this guy. A, yeah.
2: I've been aware for some time that there's gonna be a point in my life when I, when I listen to him at a specific moment, and it's gonna have resonance to that moment, and that's what it'll be. That's that'll be it then.
0: Just, That'll be the connection. Mm. As long as you and for you me it's a, your aunt, right? As long as you send me a, a text message whenever uh, that happens, uh, I'll be a happy boy. I hope we won't be texting oh, then, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Whatever means
1: of you. A, I'll send you a, like a telepathic brain sure. wave. Perfect. I'll just, Perfect. You know? <laughs> yes.
0: Right. And eye wave. Yes.
2: You can just, just, just check out my live activity feed. You'll see it's there. So, yeah. All right. Yes. So how are you guys doing
0: this week? Exactly. Feeling good? Good. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, no sad hats. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it, it comes on and off. You know what I mean? Like, it's, we all have our ups and downs. You know, sure. but uh yeah. overall, overall. I'm also noticing
0: anything, that all you know? the high frequencies of your voice are like severely muted when I have my sad hat on. So it's kind of like it's kind right. of a more rounded, pleasing experience all all around. I think oh. I might stick with it oh. for a little
2: while. Good, good to know. <laughs> nice. It's
1: like a, it's, uh, you call it like a low pass, right? Uh, is it? Is That's that the, right. That's right. It lets
0: okay, low okay, frequencies yeah. pass. Uh-huh. That's right. Low the, fre- low the
3: frequencies. Indeed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm an engineer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I I tell you one thing that did get me a little bit bummed out, and we were all excited about it. Rage Against the Machine, one of our favorite bands, Raging Against the Machine, announced that they were going to do a reunion tour in 2020. That's right. All across America. I mean. Mm-hmm. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Their last show was played, their last official show was in 2011, if you can believe that. Right. So it's been a while. Unfortunately, there's been a couple stones uh, thrown along the path. They've been in the news a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So it's tricky. I mean, uh, this is Rage Against the Machine, obviously fighting against corporatism and consumerism since 1991. It's um, in the name. <laughs> that's what they say. And fortunately, you know, they're fi- they're going to be fighting against the fact that they haven't played a show in nine years, and uh, there's going to be some pent-up demand. I know that I would certainly want to go see them on this tour. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was a bit disappointing when it came out that uh, tickets were going to start at $125 each. Yeah. Ooh, 125 yeah. $125. Now, that is what they call flat ticket pricing. So no matter where you get a ticket in the arena, it's 125 bucks. But right. I would still offer that that's a lot of money to pay for for one ticket plus the $50 fee per ticket or something crazy right, like that right right that's not yeah. e- that's not even counting fees and then if you add in the extra bonus of the fact that there's so much demand for these and the the scalpers and bots have gotten so good at this point at jumping in on those ticket sales i could easily see that if rage hadn't done anything about it that tickets would easily be you know average 500 bucks sure sure mm. you know
2: I mean, it's, yeah, it's I see it's, it all the time. Any any like band that's been around for a long time that's got a long following and hasn't toured in a while, exactly. they come out. They've got tickets at your standard ticket prices, and then two days later, or sometimes the same day, it's sold out, and you can only spend only get them for five six hundred dollars.
0: Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know anybody who's into these bands that. Uh, is really willing to forecast. Pearl Jam is another good example. You know, they just mm-hmm. announced they're going to be going on tour now. Pearl Jam's has been touring consistently, you know, since the '90s. But still, you know, their average ticket prices are 150 to 200 dollars if you can get a ticket. Did they though? I thought they had that big that big kerfuffle with Ticketmaster for a long time. And well, they did, but like their tickets are still very expensive.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, you mean price wise? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So they okay. So 125 bucks. At was this? What's the why were they, why'd they do the flat thing? Well, they, what was the idea behind
0: that? I, I don't really know what the, what the motivation was on basing all the tickets at that particular price. But their main concern was beating the scalpers. Because you know? that, that, okay. that is a big, you know, from our perspective, from most people's perspective, you go to buy a ticket, first of all, you hop online. Even if you're on the day, the hour of when the tickets go on sale, if you get a ticket, you're lucky. The bots and the, the scalpers, that ju- they just get there so quickly, and they buy them all, and then they resell them on StubHub. So, you know, the mm-hmm. last couple sh- big shows that I've tried to get tickets for, immediately, they just push you to StubHub, and then, you know, it's a $300 ticket. Mm-hmm. and all. Yeah, uh, yeah and, then, and then it's a free... Exactly. Yeah. So what they were trying to do, and, and they knew that this, this was going to be the case, so they, they started developing a plan. And I want to get your guys' take on it, whether or not, A, it worked... B, whether or not the whole pricing structure that they're offering is hypocritical. And C, if there's anything else that they could have done. If you want to talk about political bands, bands with a conscience, Rage Against the Machine is obviously right up there. So, right. I, you know, we all probably have faith that they're trying the best that they can. But their idea, their concept for beating the scalpers is basically they're going to reserve a random allotment of 10% of all the tickets that are being sold. So if there's, let's just say, a 1,000 tickets that are being sold, they're going to reserve, what's 10%, Nick? 100, yeah. 100, thank you. 100 tickets. So they'll reserve 100 tickets scattered across the auditorium, and those they are going to sell at a slightly higher price, but, quote-unquote, still enough to undercut the scalpers, and then Hmm. donate the excess over the actual charges and overhead of paying the band and the crew and all that. They're gonna donate all the extra to charities and activist organizations. In addition to that, 100% of all the proceeds from their shows in El Paso, uh, Las Cruces, and Phoenix will go to immigrant rights organizations, which doesn't deal anything with scalpers, but I guess is a nice right. thing to do. So my question to you guys, is this enough? Do you have any other ideas? And is it hypocritical of raging Against the Machine to charge $125 for a ticket period?
2: Oh, wow. Hypocritical. Well, okay. Uh, Greg, do you want to – what do you Go think? ahead, Nick. Go ahead, Nick. Um, so, I mean, it kind of is admitting you've lost already. It, it feels – I mean, it sounds like a Tom Morello economics argument, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is what if we can just be over that edge and then take the proceeds and donate it to a valid cause? At least then the money that is going to be spent by the people coming is – we're going to get our cut that we would have gotten anyway. Right, And right. The proceeds of which will go to a good cause, rather than lining some scalper's pocket.
0: Right, and that's going to make feel people feel better about the whole situation. So, uh,
2: I, well, and then that the other part of it is: is there a better way? And that that I feel like is maybe a more interesting conversation from like a gaming it out idea. But so I I I don't know. I mean, if you're if you have to work with Ticketmaster, right. and you can't say enforce something like. You know, you have to use authenticated ID in order to buy the ticket. You know what I mean? They can't enforce that because Ticketmaster's handling fulfillment. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you use a major ticket provider that isn't already adopting some sort of way that combats scalping without.
0: It, it, it seems like it, it's the only way to do it if you're going to use something like yeah, Ticketmaster. If th- so you're think... not going to try to reinvent the wheel. Right. I, I think they. They clearly can't get around the Ticketmaster problem, or they would have tried. Right. Yeah, and yeah. it's
1: it's interesting. The article talk compares, you know, the other sort of normal or standard ticket prices, like including, you know, tickets to Post Malone or uh, even Pearl Jam at the Bridgestone yeah. Arena, in Right. Nashville, and we're, we are talking
0: about big headline artists. We're not talking about.
1: I, st- I think that people need to uh, come to excuse me come to grips with the fact that it is fairly standard. And I mean, I see comments being like, hey, that's that's BS. You know, I saw Black Sabbath three, four years ago and it was like 60 to 80 bucks. Right. Well, that was three or four years ago. Right. And lately, they've been charging more for everyone, yeah. not just Rage Against the Machine. It's not like, it's easy to sort of, you know, make a meme about how Rage Against the Machine like right. stands up, stands <laughs> against capitalism and <laughs> consumerism and charges 125 dollars. But, Honestly, like, what are they supposed yeah. to do? Like, right. just exactly. not, you know, so they're, they it's not lost on them, is all I am trying to say. That, like, they, they realize that they don't want to be hypocritical. They're not, tr- it's, this is not, uh, in my opinion, a cash grab, you know? Um, it's just the way arena shows are done right now. Yeah. And, uh, it's, ho- hopefully, it's, you know, turning people on to the fact that it, this is an this is a serious issue. And, uh, if I could just, I've talked, on this show about the tribute band that I play with, the Red Knot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: I don't know if I've actually told this story, so forgive me if you've heard it before, but one of the th- things I love about playing in this band is that we have, in the past, announced shows as Red Knot Chili Peppers, right? And like 300 tickets get scooped up out of nowhere. And we're mm-hmm. like, that's a that's a lot, you know? Right. For, I mean like right. for us, like to for like, just very, I mean, like whatever. We we our audience sizes range from you know whatever. But that's a lot of um, tickets
2: to to go just like that.
1: Just like that, you know what I mean? And this right. is it was it was a break in the pattern. Let's just say, right? Yeah. So so we're like, what happened? And then you know we get to the show, and by then they're like, okay, we sold five hundred for this show, and then like two fifty show up, right? And we're like, what happened? Right. I mean, whatever. Like we're getting paid. You're, you're doing and your part. Is we what you're doing. sold <laughs> we sold the tickets. But why did only half the people who bought tickets show up? And then what we realized is that scalpers yeah. think Ripping it's the off, red, yeah. think it's the red hot chili peppers, right. and they, Dopes. and they, and yeah, and so in a way we're kind of screwing them over. Yeah, doing your part exactly.
0: So yeah, well, yeah, just, and, and yeah. I mean, clearly the the costs are rising across the board. I mean, even to go see, I don't know how you define this, but a B or a C level act, you know, at a Place like the nine nine thirty club or something like that. I mean, you don't really see tickets for that for less than forty dollars nowadays. Even a movie theater.
1: Yeah, sure. Like eighteen yeah. bucks. Like that. That's one of the comparisons I want to draw. People, you know, I used to pay four dollars to see a movie. You know, and now <laughs> mm-hmm. I pay 18 19, Like I, it's it's crazy. And I saw. Oh Rogers man, Stich- come on up to
2: Hagerstown, man. You can get some cheap tickets. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> I'm sure, but but I don't know. I mean, like. Even it's not even just an LA thing, though. Really, I mean, I've, I've yeah, you know, in nationwide. any in any like major city, you know, it's it's it <laughs> it's up it's up there, you know. But and, it has- and to be fair, the, the experience is big is better. Like the chairs are bigger. I'm talking about like the light Cinemas. If anybody yeah. knows what I'm talking about, you know, it's a it's a better experience. But like, I didn't ask for like, you know, this massive chair. <laughs> I, you know, I'd rather I, just like see the movie I, for like five bucks.
2: You know, I just want to I just want to jump in real quick because and and actually with the theater thing too. This, this, this problem is an entirely solvable problem. Okay. There is no compelling reason why Ticketmaster would want to spend the time or money to solve this problem. Um, especially if the end result is they push artists to go ahead and start their ticket prices higher so they can get legit their legit cut out of that anyway. Th- there's just not yet been a compelling enough reason. And the reason is because the tickets are selling out. It's just basic economics. If people stop buying them, like or if, if stadiums stop getting like I don't know when that would happen or who would be like the the ticket company that decides they're gonna do this differently. That's a hard it's a hard argument, yeah, right? To say sure. we're gonna
0: solve this specific problem and I mean um, if somebody out uh, there and I you know, the bot thing aside, if somebody out there is willing to pay for a resold ticket for a major band, say like the Eagles, you know, where the tickets go mm-hmm. for something crazy like twelve hundred dollars a seat. Right. You know, mm. it's hard to say if the market's out there, I, you, what are you yeah. going to do? You know, that's going to. And then there's. Y- I mean, yeah. go to
2: StubHub, look at the prices and look at the available seats like this. Tickets are getting sold.
0: And, right. Uh, so I think
1: for sports events, too, mm-hmm. that might have something to do with it where they're like, OK, well, this, you know, sports events do so well, yeah. uh, you know, and, and they charge so much. And then it's like, oh, we're just going to do the same thing for the concerts because otherwise we don't want to, like, see a dip right. on a night where we. Have a concert like the venue, the venue
2: rates or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I guess
2: the, the other thing that a band could maybe do would be if they, I mean, you'd have, again, they'd have to work it out with Ticketmaster, but if there was some direct access to like their fan base for ticket accessibility, kind of like season tickets are for sporting events. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You yeah, know what like, I mean? Well, um, and a lot of bands do like members only, you know, they'll offer the tickets to members of their fan club first. You know, or right? They'll be, but but
2: not as a tactic, only as like a benefit for being part of the fan club and right. on their Facebook page or something like that. Right? Um, not as an actual model. So,
3: mm.
2: yeah, it's a it's a tough one. I, but honestly, I mean, if you if you're gonna get angry, it just doesn't seem like it's rage that you should be angry at.
3: It, I it, agree. It,
0: it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be mad, um, but I, I there is t- be mad at Ticketmaster. It's really easy to be mad at. They're Ticketmaster. in a tough position. I just I feel bad, you know, because you feel like. There's a whole generation of fans that maybe might have been able to get that, that yeah. ticket, you know, 20 years ago. I'm not going to. I'm
2: sure as heck not going to spend that kind of money. I'm not, it's, it's, it I'm is not. hard to justify. Yeah. And it's not. Cr- it I mean, it's not absurd, but it's still it's like, I don't want to drop 200 bucks just for, a. you know, and that's one ticket.
1: Right. It's true. Yeah, Yeah. What about your lady?
3: That's
2: right. exactly you know? and that's she doesn't right. want to she see w- rage anyway <laughs> <laughs> but but you
1: really but but you're gonna drag her out because you, it just means so much to you <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well it's anyway awesome. uh that's uh Indeed. that's enough against me raging against rage against machine or the tickets no. that's okay. are you better sad hat off how are we doing? no I feel much worse now I feel like there's nothing Good. that can be done and tickets are just going to be more and more expensive and I'm just gonna have to buy better better quality blu-ray players to play the concert DVDs once they're
1: once
2: they're out yeah hey vr experience there you go (laughs) (laughs)
0: hey
1: man you're actually not that far off i would imagine i know i know seriously yeah we do some work
0: at that we do some work Mm. on that at at, Hmm. at my work it's Mm. fun stuff Hmm. all righty nick what you got for us buddy uh well
2: this will cheer you up sonny rollins is dying and he did an interview um no i'm just kidding (laughs)
0: sad hats Uh, being lowered
1: Dude, oh. I, I'm I'm grinning from ear to ear. Oh cool. no. No, <laughs> no, no, no came, of course not. I'm just joking.
0: <laughs> I came across
2: uh I came across an interview in in the in the New York Times with uh with Sonny Rollins and and I read it and man, this is a fantastic this is a fantastic interview. It really um, is. Sonny Sonny Rollins is one of the greatest jazz saxophoners of all time. Is that a fair statement, Greg?
1: He's the saxophone colossus.
2: And you know, I mean, he's been at this since and he was like in his twenties, I think, in the in the early 1950s. So he oh, was yeah. there in New York City. He was there at the start, right? And quickly became known as like as jazz's top tenor saxophone player. This guy has played with everyone, everyone. and mm-hmm. it turns out that he hasn't actually been able to play since 2012 because he's got a a respiratory uh, condition called uh, pulmonary fibrosis, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, this interview. It was. He's just such a delightful person. Yeah. I, I don't know what any other way to put it. And such has such a just a positive outlook on things in in, in the most gracious and accepting of uh, of everything that he's that he's that he's had. And I don't know. Did you guys get a chance to read this? Oh, yeah. I did.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It really seemed like he was a very tightly wound individual, and that's all the stories that I had ever heard about. Sonny right. Rollins. Right. He was just a really tough guy to work with and just very yeah. demanding and very exacting. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, a brilliant genius. Do with that what you will. But it seems like now in older age that he's he's definitely reeled that back and has uh, has a lot of perspective and very interesting stories and that was just a great article really interesting guy
2: yeah there were some there were a couple I mean it starts off and he has this um reflection on I think the interviewer David Marchese is asking him you know like his best shows that he's ever played and he and he just says you know the best show the best shows were the earliest ones and and I was outside and I had my instrument in my hand Mm -hmm. you know I had my horn Mm -hmm. and I would play and I would just look into the sky and feel like connected to it all yeah man and yeah. and that may sound like a little hippy dippy, but I mean, for a man who has not been able to play that instrument for you know the last eight years now, to kind of have that have that look back and with fondness and not with, like not a shred of bitterness, yeah. Yeah. Um, that you know, and and nothing but good things to say about whomever, and, and also very very reflective of how difficult he was, yeah. <laughs> with a lot of self reflection as well. Like he, he talks about playing with uh, with Coltrane. Mm. And being up there and kind of feeling like I'm the better of the two and only having to kind of like half phone it in. And he says that and he's like, you know, and I kind of was more popular at the time, but how immature that, how immature was that? Like how ridiculous, how silly.
1: I really um, I
0: really thought that was very, very cool. Very a really neat little part of that interview. Yeah. I
1: also I, I gotta point out that when the quote is is that he says, I remember what Kamasi Washington said about Tender Madness, like Sonny, you weren't even really playing. I wasn't really playing, Coltrane was playing, you know? And <laughs> yeah. it's like uh it's cool because it it, it I, I I like it when the old guard recognizes the, the, the up and coming guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do. I do. Yeah, you know, I yeah. think it's. Oh, I just think it's necessary, man. Like, if we want to keep this stuff relevant, yeah. like, heck it's, yeah. You know, because it's no, a
2: good thing to want. Yeah.
1: If, if 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 you're like, you know what, all those those all those old guys were assholes. Like, right. What, forget their music, you know. But if you're like, hey, this this guy, you know, he nurtured me. Like, we got to keep playing this stuff, and we got to let it develop, you know. And I just think it's a much better ethos. It's a much better like mantra, you know, in this music for the. The people who've experienced it and lived it to not look down on the people who are trying to follow their footsteps, right? You, oh, you know? totally. Yeah, yeah. Embrace, uh, yeah. You know, and at least to nurture, and in that way, they will find their own path. Yep. But, it's, it, but like people like Branford Marsalis, who are just like, man, stop trying to do what I'm doing. You can't play jazz. You know, it's just like, <sighs> like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't but know, I, it, like, it, 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 it frustrates me.
2: Well, the cool thing, though, Greg, is that I think that like that if Brantford comes out of that phase, the, the curmudgeonly 60s or whatever he's in right now, <laughs> he may end up on the other side That's of it. Because, right. I mean, Sonny Rollins has some pretty poignant interviews where he kind of lambasts the young kids as well. Uh, gotcha. But he's come around on it, you know? He's come okay. around to be like, you know what? We only got 80 years in this place on this planet like make the best of it. Just just
0: right. give what you Brand just, don't hurt people. Give for another <laughs> 20 years, Greg. That's what I'm all saying. All right, all right. Well, <laughs> that's, that's all I saying. and I, I
1: mean obviously like you know it, this is you know we're, we're talking about someone who's you know accomplished a lot, you know, and so I'm not trying to mm-hmm. say anything b- nasty about anyone, but I just I, I appreciate encouragement, you know, and I think it's um, absolutely. You know, I'm with in, you 100% in, 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 in any field, you know, especially something as h- hard as jazz, man, cuz it's like
2: Who's it's hard enough f- getting who's people to get into it? Yeah. And who's
1: pay? You know, who's making a living off of jazz? Like a hundred people on Earth, right, right yeah. now. You
2: know what I mean? Like totally. Uh, anyway, it's, it's um, like what's no. I'm hundred percent behind everything you were saying. Hundred ten percent. No, no doubt whatsoever.
1: That's why. Th- this article was great because it did. He did seem kind of uh, enlightened a little bit, and just you know, like you said, a pleasant person to talk to.
2: Yeah. Right yeah, absolutely. And he was just so matter-of-fact. He, he it was sorry, last little thing. And I actually I don't want to leave it right here, but he, he th- they were talking about death a little bit and he's like, "You mean, do I feel ready to die?" He's like, dying? Well, eh, that's funny. I mean, everybody dies. My mom died, my dad died, my granddad died. What makes me different,
0: you know? Right. Whatever. <laughs> it's, right. it's just
2: it's a good perspective It's yeah it's really just it's just so matter of fact I like the part like, at the end too good. when he
0: was like he's like well it'll be nice to be able to like not worry about my music anymore because I worry <laughs> <Yeah>. a lot <gasps> about my music yeah. you know but whenever yeah, I'm dead yeah. I won't be able to worry about that anymore so that'll be nice <laughs>
2: is it, well, right. the interviewer the interviewer asked him specifically about that thing we've talked about which is the posthumous release of his music and he's like man when I'm gone I won't have to worry about my music anymore that'll be <laughs>
3: awesome <laughs> That's, great. That's all I ever do is worry about
0: my music. <laughs> yep. So well, just saying, thought man? that was a really cool, at, at, what, really cool interview. Can we give him a uh, a spin. Oh, Please. absolutely. Yeah.
2: So yeah. So let's listen to some Sonny Rollins. This is um this is from uh, Sonny Rollins plus four with his favorite drummer Max Roach ah. uh, from back in I think it was 1955. Beautiful. And this is called Pent Up House.
3: <laughs> guitar solo
2: Don't turn, <laughs> don't turn it off. Nineteen fifty six, I'm sorry. That was that nah, was nineteen fifty six.
3: Close enough. Um yeah. It's
1: good yeah. stuff, man. Dude, that's some g- that is some really nice stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. I love
0: yeah. it. I love it. Some sweetness. Very so what's cool. going on with you, Greg? All right. What you got for us? Gregorious well, What are we
1: doing? I noticed an article in Rolling Stone about Les Claypool from yes. Primus <laughs> and how he is going out on tour. With Primus, and they're yes. doing a bunch of rush covers. Yes, In, yes, <laughs> including a, fair, a farewell to kings from beginning to end.
0: Right before they go into their set of Primus songs. Right.
1: Yes, that's I, I believe that's uh, that's the plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I, I this obviously you know I'm you know gonna fall for that clickbait, <laughs> so. Oh, so, totally. <laughs> you know, so, I, so I, I, went, I, I went and read it and uh, thought it'd be fun to talk about because I know we all admire uh, Les Claypool and what he's done. Oh, heck You yeah. know, to the bass and just to music in general. He's obviously, a, a, I don't know if I want to classify him as an eccentric Person. He, he certainly can come across that way in the artwork and the, the music that he puts out, whether it's Primus or the Frog brigade or
0: Oysterhead. Um, What's holding you back from calling him an eccentric? Just because he <laughs> seems very well spoken. <laughs> okay. And fair. like not. All right, all right. Yeah. Maybe more of a, like an absurdist. Okay.
3: Yeah.
0: okay. that's Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. It or also it seems like a fine virtuoso, line, to, fine line to, to split, but I'll take it.
2: There, he can he can but he yeah like to greg's point he can hold his i mean he can make sense when he wants to make sense about his you know in a conversation just the lyrics are crazy
1: <laughs> the, the, i'll also share like a, a super brief anecdote that one time uh, i was kind of in the same room with him and it was very he was like the first one there for this particular event and he was, was just in sitting in the, it wasn't in an airport no it was like uh it was uh, in a backstage at, at a show, and he oh, nice. was just, I, I was like, oh, my God, that's Les Claypool. And he's just sitting there by himself in his, like, crazy clothes,
3: <laughs> just, just
1: just, chilling. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
3: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, just <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Except I'm sure he wasn't like that at all, right? <laughs> no, but I, I
1: just, I, you know, I mean. I just kind of got a glimpse, uh, and I did not say anything. I really, really want I sh- re- kind of regret, but he, he he was just by himself, and I, I felt like he was just having this nice like meditative moment, okay. and I just didn't want to bug him, <laughs> but I, Good I, on ever, you, man ever since Good on then, you. ever since then, I've just been like, I think he's okay, I, I don't think he's like some wacky, you know nah. you know nah. it's just sort of his vibe, yeah, and uh you know he obviously like his brain is wired correctly. You know, in order to do all the technical stuff that he does, he's a
3: goofball.
2: He's just a he, goofball. Yeah.
1: That's a great way to say it. <laughs> okay, he's a go- You know, he's not like some like. Oh, found the like- word. Yes, he's a goofball, and I, I,
2: also in, an incredible bassist.
1: Incredible bassist, and just a prolific cat. I mean, you know, just a, he's always got something going on. I mean, Oysterhead, right? Is starting to play shows again. That's him with Trey Anastasio and Stuart Copeland. <laughs> Stuart Copeland, baby. <laughs> I you remember know, whenever like, that
0: album came out, man, that was so much fun. Just like what a weird was, amalgamation, and no, and in retrospect, it's not a weird amalgamation. It
2: was not. It was actually. I remember we talked about this when we listened to it because we were really excited about yeah. this and. The consensus upon the first listen was, "Well, that's exactly what it was described yeah, exactly. as. It's Trey Anastasio diddling away. It's Les right. Claypool going, oh, rah, 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 and it's Stuart Copeland just syncopating the crap out of life. <laughs> like it's right, right,
1: right. That's awesome. He he really is someone you know, and I'm discovering this more about him from reading this article. Who really wants to pay homage to the musicians he." grew up listening to yeah you know and i i always you know i, I get really excited again because it, it sort of links back to the last article it's like let's pay respect to like i uh, when mm-hmm. one generation pays respect to the other it goes both mm-hmm. ways sure and part of why he wants to do this t- to rush and turn on the young fans to you know because we know how things can happen like you know rush will never be scrubbed from history but it's it's powerful when people are like no you have to hear this stuff. We're going to cover it. Yeah. Like you come to our show, you're going to hear Rush. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it's because you know Rush had Primus open for them in 92. I'm sure that was huge for Primus's for Primus career. Time, yeah. And apparently they became really good friends. Yeah. Um and yeah. you know would, would sit in with each other, et cetera. So it's really really <laughs> cool to to hear that he's doing this.
2: So I I saw them on the Presto tour. Really? Yeah, and and my dad actually had heard about Primus only because Getty Lee was just like, yeah, these guys, this guy's a really big fan of ours, and turns out he's got this really good band. Like he had done some pre-interview before the tour, oh. and we were going to see it. I, I was I was nine, and <laughs> you know everything my dad said, I would listen to with bated breath, you know. Sure. And uh, it was weird. I I don't remember it. I just remember it was a lot of dancing around and like he <laughs> stomped and stuff. But as a kid, it.
0: I just wanted to see Neil Peart play the drums. Well, what I thought was yeah. cool about the article and, and what, you know, Les, like, went out of his way to say and to make sure everybody knew was that they weren't doing it because of the death of Neil Peart. Like, they had uh-uh. they had planned to do this before that. So it's not even worked and out. And now, yeah. if anything, they're just trying to, like, walk it back and say, oh, we're trying to do this to be respectful of the band. We're not trying to do this right. as any kind of, like,
3: oh, Neil Peart
0: type
2: thing. Neil's doing yeah, right, right.
1: So one thing that I, uh, that this reminded me of that I wish I'd said during the Neil Peart episode, but I feel like I can bring up now is one of the heaviest things about learning that Neil Peart had died is that one, obviously you're like, Oh my God, Neil Peart died. That's the end mm-hmm. of his life, you know? And then the second wave hit me. I was like, Oh my God, that means rush is done. yeah Yeah. Like it's over. Yeah. You know, just like that. Yeah. Rush is yeah. finished. We'll never see Rush again. You know, and that that hit me pretty hard. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. So, but yeah, Jay, uh, it's a very. I'm really glad you brought that up, though. That point about how it just sort of happened, where they were already planning on doing this tribute tour. Right. You know, there was there's another um, another quick story. Yeah. I I don't mean to tell two in a row, but Please. like. Uh, when I when I saw the F- Les Claypool's Flying Frog Brigade <laughs> at uh nine thirty Club, and I m- I may have mentioned this on the show already, but they played animals in its entirety, right. and wore different masks right. for mm-hmm. each song. Like they came out in pink right. masks and changed, you know, <laughs> it, and it blew my mind you know it, and it tur- totally turned me on to that record which is still mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorites yeah. and you know th- i hope that this happens with uh some younger fans who maybe or younger or older whoever you know who haven't had the time or p- bandwidth to check out you know those yeah, classic rush yeah. records absolutely. and uh, they're gonna hear primus kill it and then they're gonna be like you know what i'm gonna go and hear the original yeah. and then they're gonna fall in love with it yep. and absolutely you know, it's just it's it's amazing that he's not trying to make it about him and but more about yeah. just like the
0: I also love you know, how honest how honesty is about how hard it's gonna be to sing Getty Lee's vocals. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Especially but, when no, you sound like funny. he does. <laughs> his
2: resp- yeah, and his response was like I'll just do it in my way, you know. It's, it's, he doesn't even. Yeah. Right. I'm, which is like he's I'm gonna sing it the way I sing. It'll be the right words.
3: You know? Yeah. Do you exactly. see the part where
0: he he like reached out to Geddy Lee and he's like, "Are any of these parts? Is, are you singing falsetto on that by any chance?" And Geddy Lee's like, "No, that's my voice." <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. no this is not There
3: it is. <laughs> I'm glad that you did it. I didn't want to go for it. <laughs>
1: Dude, you killed it! Wait, don't use. You're not using any like auto tune on that, are you? Oh, yeah. Any always, man. Mo- I always have
3: auto tune running in the background for me. Oh, good. Okay. Can't, okay. Because I was gonna tell. say that was just
1: that was just so it's the, beautiful. It's
2: a
0: secret of how this whole thing works. We all are right. auto tunes. So hey, uh, Greg. So for people who might not be familiar with like the Primus sound. Is there like a track that you have in mind that could give people an idea of what quintessential what, what they're kind of like? Oh, prop. oh
1: yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I, I actually, um, I've got one right here. Okay, Jay, can you, can you, uh, can you oh, cute, put it man. on? This, this one is fire.
3: Here
0: we go. I've been calling y'all, people be better than I can Friday. see him stomping I his, his leg. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> it's really
2: only two steps away from the truth. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Dude, it's it's not that far from the truth.
1: Okay, okay, that wasn't really that wasn't really really primus. That was an There's so
0: much respect that, for whoever that, put that together.
1: <laughs> yeah that, that that's called we'll put it in the Prim- notes it's yeah in the notes. thank you mm-hmm. thank you nick it's called what, what primus sounds like to people who've never heard primus before uh, <laughs> that's, exactly that's uh, uh right, <laughs> we'll, we got we have a real actual an actual fire primus track queued up after we explain what's going on next week yeah man
0: very exciting nick what is going on next week oh
1: well what's we- going on next week Next week, next week's episode will be an interview with a very special guest that we were lucky to have by the name of Travis Orban. Sweet, he's Heck a yeah. phenomenal drummer that you can look phenomenal up. Phenomenal drummer, very technical, very <laughs> heavy, but you know, it's a very interesting Regardless, cat. Phenomenal, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we we had a really good time talking to him, and uh, I can't wait for uh, everyone to you know get to hear our interview with him
2: yeah man it was a really cool conversation and man thank you again travis for for joining us that was that was really cool
1: really absolutely and i also want to make sure all, all all the uh all the listeners out there that are in the uh Texas area, the Red Not Chili Peppers are coming to Antone's in Austin um, Thursday the fifth. Tickets start at six hundred twenty-five dollars. Yep, six hundred twenty-five dollars. <laughs> so uh, you know, get get those loans ready. Uh, I promise it'll Beautiful. be worth it. And totally. then. Uh, we're playing at uh, in Tyler, Texas at Stanley's famous pit barbecue, and then Gas Monkey Live in Dallas, which is always a good time. Sweet. So come Proceeds out. go to Greg. <laughs> yeah, proceeds go right to my pocket. <laughs> Capitalism, bitches. Yeah. Uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that's a lovely note end on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, love you guys. Get just could take those damn sad hats off. I right? oh
0: damn straight. It's getting all kind right. of itchy and warm in here. So there you go. I shall. I feel a hundred thousand percent better than when we started, there you this. go. So thank you, gentlemen. And we Thank did you. It. We did it, Greg. We did our work. Woo! <laughs> All right, we guys. Well, I'll see you next week.
2: What are we listening to on
0: the way out? What are we listening to? Real Primus. Real Primus. From what sailing,
1: the, from sailing the seas of cheese. Okay. Jerry was a race car driver. <laughs>
0: Ooh. Dog will hunt.